This is an ABC podcast. Hello, this is Coronacast, a daily podcast all about the coronavirus. I'm health reporter Tegan Taylor. And I'm physician and journalist Dr Norman Swan. It's Monday the 22nd of February. And it's a real milestone day, Norman. Today is the day that vaccinations start to roll out across Australia, but we got a little preview of that yesterday with the Prime Minister and World War II survivor and a couple of other people getting the vaccine yesterday. Yes, they got the first dose of the Pfizer vaccine, which also followed a day on Saturday of anti-vaxxers demonstrating and um, being talked to, at least in one city, by uh, Pete Evans. So I've seen some people criticising the Prime Minister for so-called jumping the queue to get the vaccine before anyone else does, but maybe is he leading by example? I just don't think you can criticise uh, our leaders for having them. It's, it's not as if the whole of Parliament's getting it. It's really just showing that they're confident in the vaccine. I think that's a really important thing. Down the track, you'll see the Health Minister, the leader of the opposition, getting the Astra vaccine, I think, or the Chief Medical Officer getting the Astra vaccine to show that the, our leaders are, you know, do have trust in this and do and do believe in the science. Yeah, and I mean, it's not like leaders are immune to getting the virus either. Peter Dutton actually got COVID earlier last year. That's right. And you, you, you want your leadership covered. And there's tens of thousands of vaccines that are going to roll out in just the next couple of weeks. So I suppose people are sort of eyes on the horizon going, cool, vaccines are here. That's a really... Um, big comfort in a time of pandemic. When do we start to see things going back to normal? That's the critical question. And it depends what you call going back to normal, because in most parts of Australia, things are pretty normal. We've got very little, if any, COVID-19 virus around in Australia. And New South Wales has gone weeks, so so have other jurisdictions. So we've got very little around. So we're, we're back to normal internally. Back to normal means opening the borders, having international travellers and tourists coming to Australia, us being able to go overseas, listening, you know, becoming part of the world again. I think that's what we mean by becoming going normal. And I've covered that on tonight's uh, 7.30 programme by talking to a modeler, spoke to Chris Murray, who heads the Institute for Health Metrics Evaluation. And he's one of the, he runs one of the world's leading modelling groups in COVID. And on the health report back in November, he predicted the, the global downturn in cases of COVID-19 that we're seeing now. He, he predicted it almost to the week. And his argument was that was going to be nothing to do with vaccination and everything to do with seasonality, that really it would have burnt itself out in terms of the winter surge in COVID-19 because it's so seasonal. So I decided to go back to him and say, now that vaccination is going out, what, what, what's your modelling moving forward? And it was quite sobering. He says he's not as bullish now as he was back in November. The variables that he's taking into consideration are people's behaviour. Now, remember, we're talking about the Northern Hemisphere, not Australia and New Zealand, where we've got almost no virus and we've got closed borders. He said if people's behaviour goes back to normal before you get down to very low levels of virus transmission, then he believes that you could well see a third wave evolving at the end of the northern summer, pretty much like you saw in, in 2020. And what could make that a lot worse, which is the second variable that he's worried about, are vaccine resistant variants, variants of the virus that have escaped the vaccine and that they could really muddle the, muddy the water considerably. How does that fit with uh, the data that we're seeing coming out saying that the vaccines are reducing transmission in places like Israel? 
Like, and that's a place where the at least the UK variant is very prevalent. And the UK variant is very sensitive to the vaccine. It's a South African variant and other variants that might arise, including the Brazilian variant, where not much is known. And you'll remember that we spoke uh, some days ago about the Brazilian city, Manaus. 76% of people had been infected with the virus. There were only 500 admissions to hospital in the beginning of December, beginning of January, the first 19 days of January, 3,500 hospitalizations. In South Africa, when you look at the vaccine trials, a very high percentage of people were had had COVID-19 when they were into the trial, and in the placebo group, they got reinfected with the South African variant. So these vaccine escape variants are really worrying in terms of reinfection. So what the vaccine does is turns COVID-19 to the common cold, which is why I'm going to take the Astra, I'm going to take Pfizer, I'm going to take whatever is given to me because I don't want to die of COVID-19. But if what we are looking for is an opening of the borders and international normalisation, at least in Australia, according to Chris Murray, we've made the wrong bet with the Astra vaccine. He says you, you, you really do need to be immunising with Pfizer or Moderna or perhaps even Novavax, although that's still to be proven in the real world, with much higher degrees of efficacy and reduction in transmission. And remember, the other issue with reduction in transmission is that these new variants emerge in countries where there's a lot of spread, where the virus is multiplying and replicating all the time. And that's where these new variants are being thrown off. They won't be thrown off in Australia where there's no virus around. They'll be thrown off in low-income countries like or middle-income countries like South Africa. They'll be thrown off in the United States, in Britain and other places if the virus keeps on circulating. So what we've got to do is get to very high levels of immunization very, very quickly with highly effective vaccines and hope that that minimizes the escape of virus which is uh, resistant to the vaccines. And then what we've got to do, and it's got to be done right now, is actually getting vaccines up through Pfizer, Moderna, Novavax, which are designed to cope with the resistant variants that are around, perhaps the Brazilian one, certainly the South African one, and within a few months, start boosting with them. This is really demoralising when we're sort of on the cusp of a vaccine rollout here in Australia, Norman. And if I'm just an average person sitting at home listening to Corona cars, what should I take away from this? Are you discouraging people from getting the vaccine that they're offered? No, because I think it's really important that we all get covered so that should... So first of all, we're going to have a layer of protection. The international evidence is increasingly that the Pfizer vaccine prevents transmission. So that means with hotel workers and border workers being immunised, and hopefully their families too, and that's a really important part of the story, we are creating a ring of confidence around, the, around hotel borders. We've also got to institute with the Pfizer vaccine, not the Astra vaccine, ring vaccination around outbreaks so that we are controlling this, uh, the, any outbreaks there. And everybody else immunised with the Astra vaccine so that we are, it turns it into the common cold. So we create a very safe situation. The problem is, when do we open up to international travel and when do we relax on hotel quarantine? And uh, with a country that's largely covered with the Astra vaccine, which is not very effective, uh, some would argue if effective at all against the South African variant, certainly in terms of transmission, then it becomes a very nerve-wracking decision to make. So that's why we've got to be planning in 2021 
for a booster dose of vaccine-resistant COVID-19? That's actually a question that we had from John, who's an Australian who lives in the US, and he's basically asking, now that Australia's vaccination program is rolling out, do we expect or when do we expect the quarantine might be lifted and what kind of factors go into that decision making? So you could be quite cool about it if you think that we are all, we've turned effectively the Australian population susceptibility to COVID-19 into the common cold. And it does look as though that it's pretty effective at doing that, whether you're talking about the South African variant or indeed other variants. So we're pretty protected. So you could say, well, maybe sooner rather than later. But, you know, it's just a very nerve-wracking thing because there'll be variants from all over the world and we are not donating vaccine to the low-income countries at the rate which will get them covered quickly enough and they will be throwing off variants and those variants will come to us. Look at HIV. HIV started around Kinshasa in Zaire and then you know tens of millions of people have been infected with it and died. It doesn't matter where these variants arise from, they will spread to other parts of the world. So we've got to get the globe immunised as quickly as possible. Otherwise, it's very hard to relax. Just when you thought you had this thing pinned down, it... Uh... <laughs> It escapes again, Norman. Yeah, so, so it becomes, really does become a bit like flu, where the first round of vaccination does protect us to a very significant extent in terms of dying and serious disease. That's why I'm lining up for whatever vaccine I get, and I would urge other people to do the same. But it means that the government has got to not be complacent about this in any shape or form, and has got to start ordering what's called multivalent vaccines or trying arranging them now so that by spring, summer of this year, we're getting boosting sh booster shots with multivalent vaccines that will cover us against the current range of resistant variants around the world. And that's when we can open up borders. The light at the end of the tunnel, even though the tunnel is very long. And expensive, but not as expensive as repeated lockdowns. Well, that's all we've got time for on Coronacast today, but you can leave us a review if you like on Apple Podcasts or ask us a question at abc.net.au slash coronacast. And we'll see you tomorrow. See you then.